0: Hello everyone, welcome to True Cop Pop, oh bloody hell, it's a music podcast, this is episode number 46, hope you're good, hope you're having a lovely time, hope you're well, hope we've caught you in a good place. My name is Stephen Hill and he's Gaz Jones. Oh sorry mate, I did that as you took a a lovely gulp of, what's that, a Coca-Cola, Guinness is it?
1: Uh, A Guinness, Uh, no it's an uh, apple and blackcurrant. It's an apple and blackcurrant. Apple and blackcurrant, um... Yeah, it's, it's Yeah, outrageously average apple and blackcurrant squash. It's kind of just out, you know, an outrageously average uh, flavour for a midweek.
0: Well, uh, I've got some aqua, aqua vita, yeah. the water of life. Yeah, it was just French for water. Mm. Um, which is quite brand, apt mate. because, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, I'll tell you about that in a second. Hello you, hope you're alright everyone. i got a good show today, you know actually mm. we're gonna be talking about new music from jungle the the band although we'll mention jungle the it's, genre is well. massive <laughs> yeah uh i'll be talking to you about bloodstock Went to bloodstock at the weekend for a couple of days i did leave early because i went to go and see limp biscuit i'll be talking to you about that as well i saw a chat last night and gaz has picked his five favorite one hit wonders from the early days of the rave scene so we're gonna be talking about rave music and celtic frost basically in (laughs) this in the the same podcast which unbelievable jeff it's a bit of me i have to say it's a bit of me um as we record today i see england england lady the lionesses just got to the world cup final did you see that I did. It's good, isn't it? I did. I didn't. I was. It was in the gym. I was on. It was in the gym, and it was on. I haven't actually watched. I, w- I watched the. I
1: watched the truncated kind of five minute highlight package on right. on the old BBC Sport. So it was. Yeah. When, when we got the two one lead, the whole stadium was just silenced. It's bloody yeah. It's fucking good goals.
0: It was a good goal I saw one of the goals yeah, really good. yeah very good goal um, yeah. I, I don't like I tell you what I did get a bit like because I've seen people have been going 57 years since we've been in the World Cup final and it's like well what? hold on now hold on now like if you're counting all of it mm. the under-17s were in the World Cup final six years We the, the England under-17s won the World Cup seven yeah. six years ago yeah. so technically you like the Jules Rimet the proper like let's just let's keep that as a different it's a different thing, isn't I think it? So it is a different it is. That's the I
1: think we need to get yeah. over 1966,
0: really. We do. I mean, it would help if you know England actually did win a World Cup, but it's not gonna happen in our life, no, not a lot of lifetime, no We're really, not gonna time soon, unfortunately. Anyway, who cares about that? Uh before we go any further, True Cult Pop has a patreon page. Go over to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. You can sign up, and as I said, I have Aqua in my mouth. I have it in my heart and in my ears as well. As we have just recorded a Your Cult Pop podcast coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out on Aquarium by Aqua. That's right. The one with Barbie Girl on it. It's not the best song on Aquarium. Spoiler. Mm. It's not, is it?
1: There's an all timer on the album.
0: There's an all timer on the album and it's not Barbie Girl.
1: It's not Dr. Jones.
0: It's not Dr. Jones. It's not if I could turn back time. Oh, no, it is. It is if I could turn back time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, so, yeah, go over Like, me and Gaz had a little chat about Aqua. I've never listened to that album all the way through before. Don't no. think I will be again, to be perfectly honest.
1: No, it took but... t- t- took me about 10 goes to listen to it all the way through in one sitting. Yeah, Got there, though. Yeah. The things I do for our bosses. I
0: know, yeah. So, look, if you want to you can sign up for any amount and suggest any album, the cartoons... Uh, last catch up fucking uh toy dolls and their cover of Nelly the elephant you can su- <laughs> I actually <laughs> can suggest that
1: a little aside to that I actually know the guy who's presently playing bass in toy dolls well say presently he's been, he's been bass, um, in toy dolls for about 15 years now yeah got, oh, got- just going oh. Yeah. oh that's called kind of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah yeah fucking hell it is
1: uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a guy called Tom. Hello, Tom. Probably not listening, but yeah. But used to play bass in Vanilla Pod many, many moons ago. And uh, wow. we all know that I'm a fan of the pod, Kingsland's finest.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, so there you go. You can suggest an album, any amount of money. Sign up over there. Also, if you sign up for the five pound tier, you get two podcasts. You've already had a classic album on Stone Temple Pilots. It's Purple coming this week. We give you the lowdown on where to start with Killswitch Engage get a part of that for a minute because I'm going to be talking about Kilsich Engage in a moment literally in a moment because that's the end of the sting mm. for our uh, for our Patreon page uh, before we do go any further though um, a couple of songs that we have had the earworms that have been stuck in our head this week Gaz um, tell us tell us and everyone what you've been listening to what have you been listening to a um, oh.
1: <sighs> bit of a hot take but I generally think this is one of the greatest UK punk songs Ever written, and I I nice. try and listen to this album sparingly. It's an album called uh, Born to Ruin. See what they did there. Hey, ooh, into mm-hmm. the sprinkling, are you? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, come out. I think it was two thousand and nine. Um, the band we're yep. talking about are the Mighty Crazy Arm. A Aka- K. I don't know. A K A the actually. loudest band I've ever seen live. Wow-z's. yeah um medium to long term listeners of me being on here and honestly on on my on my other little podcast um you know that I've been like firmly entrenched in like the UK sort of DIY um underground punk scene for quite a long time now you know with bands like the Lee Fericks and uh, Miloy who are, Chatted about it with you, Uh, mm-hmm. uh Vanilla Pod. Thanks, mm-hmm. idea. Uh, I mean, fuck me, the list is bloody endless, absolutely endless. Um cr- Crazy Arm. Um, I I first came across them. um Oh god, it was fucking years ago. Now it would have been probably about six months before this album came out. They did uh, they did a session on uh, the Mike Davis Radio One Punk Show. Do you remember the Mike Davis Punk Show?
0: Yeah, the it wasn't called the Lockup, was it? No, no, it was
1: kind of after the Lockup. It kind of got rebranded as like the. Really right, old right, punk right. show. Um,
0: yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: at the time I was I was doing um, like night night delivery work. So and like the punk show was on at about like half one in the morning or something. You know, which, which was fucking perfect for me because I actually got to listen to it live just as I was starting my job. Um, much missed show, man. It was you know he he did some fucking great stuff for a lot of you know UK bands. Um, don't really want to talk about King Blues, but you know, um. He he did a lot of, you know, bands like The Computers, um, good friend of mine, Sam Russo. Um but he was he was a he he, he was a massive supporter of Crazy Arm and uh, they did a session early on and the first song I heard one or from them was the song we're talking about today was the track called Still to Keep. Um I mean it's like everything I require from punk rock. It's got the drive of hot water music, it's got the political rhetoric of Against Me. Um, it's got the grit under the fingernails the fist in the air kind of lyrics it's got the woes it's got a wicked fucking guitar solos in and out done in like you know two and a half three minutes and it's got one of my all-time favorite lyrics which is i'm tired of politicians patriots and cops i'm tired of economics the haves and who have not
0: which yeah is, i did notice yeah. lyrically this is uh this is good and i tell you what it's something that because i've never heard this before i've never even great. heard this before enough knew nothing about them at all. nothing at all um they do a great line in that kind of i guess like folky heartland uh, it kind of pre-menzingers yes yeah. pre, like I, I guess it, like, it would have been the same time as like the hold steady were coming around it's yeah. gonna it's not quite as i would say anthemic and polished i mean the guests, like, anthem were, I, to describe the Gaslight Anthem as polished is maybe overegging the pudding somewhat, but you know, like I think the Gaslight Anthem were a bit more, were a bit bigger and a bit more anthemic. sounding yeah, they were maybe than this, but it, it's a, it's it's a similar sort of approach, and I think he's got a great oh, voice, amazing voice. Gr- this guy's got a great voice. Yeah, I genuinely was like, fuck, how have I never heard this band before? And they're from like Devon. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right?
1: Devon. 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 Devon Boys. Yeah. yeah lovely I lovely been, lovely gentleman as well I've met him quite a few times I, over the years absolutely lovely.
0: I think this is mad that I've not heard this band <laughs> because it seems like exactly the sort of thing that would be relevant to my interests yeah but I haven't um, this is still because of how busy we've been it's the only song of theirs I've heard still yeah. uh, but, but it's really good really good check
1: the album out It's. they have only done a like, I think three albums uh, but this is this is mm. the one and it's okay. yeah for me it's like an underground british punk classic and i've seen i've seen them in you know little squatty shitty venues and it's just so perfect oh the first time i saw them um i knew the sound guy i walked in and um like just before they were gonna start to play and the sound guy sort of tapped me on the shoulder and i was like oh hello rob you're all right, mate and he tapped me on the shoulder again and basically like like, motioned a little packet of something towards me, which in the darkened room looked like a packet of something else. And I, and I was right like, No, no, I'm all right. right. And he was like, You know, and he sort of basically put them right up to my face, and it was a pair of earplugs. I was like, No, no, I don't need it." He was like, You will need them. And literally, I think within half of the first song, I put them in because it was so ridiculously loud in a tiny little hundred capacity back room of a pub. And, it, and it w- I'm
0: going to talk about a very loud band later on, unnecessarily loud. So that's a good Oh, this was necessarily loud. Extra. But yeah. <laughs> Cra- crazy arm yeah. still
1: to keep. Um I'm d- I-, I just want to quickly say before we we go on to your choice, I'm I'm, I'm like collating uh, like an ongoing playlist uh, of all the earworms of the week that we're talking about. Uh was we'll, I'll, oh, yes. yeah, I'll stick them out on on all the socials and
0: stuff. There'll be an Apple
1: Music playlist and a Spotify playlist. So uh click on whichever one you you've got a, a subscription with and um yeah
0: if you're with tidal tough shit isn't it? sorry mate <laughs> yeah yeah soz
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll do a mix, I'll uh, do a mix uh, yeah out.
0: good i meant to share that but i haven't right. done it yet because i've been busy because there has been a lot of stuff that's been happening no, no. so there you go crazy arm still to keep uh i have gone with so look it's been a lot of good music out recently and uh, we you know just as a little heads up, we're not, I don't, and I think I've said this since True Cop Pop started as a podcast, I don't really strictly want us to be a review show, no. you know, we did review eight albums last week and also mentioned three others which we didn't review but, you know, have listened to it in passing. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out even since then. I mean, I li- I've i been listening to the No Name album mm. this week, which listen, I think we should review. I'd listen to that today. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was yeah, yeah it? That's like fucking amazing. Mm. Um... And um, there's an EP by Sideshow and Alexander Spit that came out a few weeks ago, which I think is really good. I quite like to talk about it. He actually Sideshow, again, one of the better hip-hop albums I've heard this year that he's released. And that was back in fucking February, and we just haven't got around right talking about it. And there was something that I would, did want to bring up, and it's my song, so I'm going to bring it up here. Uh, I've gone for v- Criminal by Valletta. Having last week picked a song by a cat, I thought I'd do something a little bit more... Um, Thank goodness. You know More song-based. Uh, more... Yeah, more song based this week. Um, A little bit more serious. Or is it? I'm not sure. Because obviously that was a a tragedy. Uh, It is a song from the very excellent debut EP from the Raleigh, uh, Raleigh, I should say. Raleigh, North Carolina Carolina Crust Metal Band. So the EP is called Come Alive. And it is six tracks. And it came out on the 23rd of June. And it is like pure... Rock and roll meets thrash metal meets power violence, just wrecking crew Armageddon. It's fucking great, this EP. It's one of my favorite, like, pure, no fucks given, no fat, full throttle metal releases of the year. Killer EP, killer EP. And I did want to review it on the show uh, and obviously just haven't got around to it, but I have just been listening to it a fair bit quite a lot recently. I reviewed it for Metal Hammer, so I'd never heard them before, Got sent it for Metal Hammer. It's really great. Um, proper death metal with a swaggering rock and roll edge, this song. I think this is the, the whole EP is good, but this particular song I think is the best song on it. It's got this unbelievably brilliant thrashy intro riff. And yeah, it's like, if you can imagine kind of Cafe Attack and Trap Them playing like, I don't know, kind of blackened, death metal uh it's that basically with a little bit of that kind of garage rock swing going on but more thrash i really like this band i really like them a lot and it does take quite a lot for me to get excited by a band who ultimately just sound like you know i would say with all due respect to them, less than some of their parts. Because when you say like, you know, the first Kaveltec album is incredible and you could probably compare them a bit to Metallica or Slayer and you could probably compare them a bit to, like I say, Trap Them or Entombed or whatever. Uh, but there's enough energy and enough just fucking spittle in this to make me really go, wow, um, this song in particular is, like I say, the best one on it. Interested to... You know, to hear what you thought about it, Gaz.
1: Yeah, this is. Um, I mean, after last week, every time you send me a link to uh, what your earworm of the week is, I'm I'm just incredibly wary now. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker, you've ruined it. That's it. You've ruined it. This feature's uh, dead.
0: One one, Emo one cat. song, and he's kicked it was off a tragedy yeah. It was a tragedy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. This is uh, this is great. Yeah, like you see you know, cr- crossover thrash Cavell attack. Yeah, there's a bit of a tomb in there. And when it goes to that kind of four on the floor bit, it's got that kind of, uh, I don't know, Ramstein on speed kind of thing. It's got that kind of precision riffing with the, you know, the, the double, uh, not the double kick, the drum. It's, it's almost got, got like the kind of like Phil Rudd ACDC kind of swing and groove to it. And it's just mm. like, yeah. Full white man's overbite moment. Um, I need to... I just kind of ran out of time to to like listen to um, anything else really on on the EP. I just kept on like just burning this song uh, over and over again in between like listening to or trying to get through the Aqua album. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely if you've said this is like you know one of the best kind of metal EP releases of the, of the year, cool. That's sold. I'm, I should be I should be reporting back on it, mate. Um, probably on next week's show. But yeah, this is this is great it, yes it's mm. like it reminds me of bands that are probably much better than these guys but you know that's not a bad thing at all because Cavellata Tak right. haven't made a good album in a very very long time it entombed and no longer yeah. a thing and you know I'm
0: fine Yeah, know. it's always it's... And, and this is their first go as oh well, okay so, so this, this is the, like, right so it's debut EP. kind of
1: hand Fairly, fucking yeah. played to them man If there's an album next year or something, I think it could be fucking decent.
0: Definitely could. Definitely could. So there you go. Valletta. The Come Alive EP is out now. The song Criminal is my personal favourite, but I would just listen to all of that if I were Mm. you. Um So anyway, busy old weekend for me, mate, uh, in terms of bands that I went to see. I went to Bloodstock. Uh, Always have a lovely time at Bloodstock. Always have a lovely time. I've got to be honest with you, um, before we get into this review, usually I would do an extensive, massive, huge review of Bloodstock. But I just sort of went, I went for two days and I sort of went for a bit of a jolly, really. I didn't really go to kind of go, I must review loads of bands. I must see lots of things. I was just like, I'm going to watch who I watch. Hmm. And... Ergo, I got there quite late as well because I left on a Friday morning and yeah, I
1: got I got a message from you about three a.m. saying I've just had my first
0: beer. Well, I was like what? Yeah, but no, no, no. <laughs> but that's because there's no fucking signal, right. so I didn't actually get on site till about three o'clock. Right. So I missed. I, I think as I got there Sacred Right. Now Sacred Right swapped places with gatecreeper my intention was to get up in time to watch zetra at half two and i didn't manage that and i thought well at least i get to see gatecreeper and they swapped with sacred right i'm not that interested so i didn't go and watch the first band i saw was fit for a for an autopsy now i know that a lot of people have gone mad about fit for an autopsy and you know <sighs> that album that they put out that is getting a lot of a lot of people so i think it's like 2020 2020 it was yeah 2020 and and a lot of people were getting really really excited about that i don't remember being particularly excited This is what i mean like you know it does take quite a lot when it's just like oh this is a deathcore band they were good they were deathcore band do you know what i mean like it was just like oh yeah you're doing the things that deathcore bands do they were absolutely fine absolutely fine um so there was only four band, you anyway know, i saw them and then there's only three bands left on the main stage for um for the rest of the day and there was nothing on the second stage that i was particularly like oh i i'm i must see that i kind of wanted to see bosk but you know i think they were clashing with somebody um so there was heaven shall burn who i have no real interest in so i didn't go and watch them i basically was there for the for the dual header of kill switching games and in flames now in flames I have spoken about at length about the drop off in quality that Inflames have had over the years. But Forgone, their album that came out at the start of this year, showed the signs of recovery. And I thought Inflames were, were pretty good. You know, they're pretty good. I kind of went in thinking, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, they're back on form now, it's going to be really good. I wouldn't say they were really good. They were they were decent they were decent i cannot for the life of me fathom how you can have a song like pinball map in your back catalog and not play sure. it like it just doesn't it just it blows my mind that in flames still have that little thing in them where they're like no we're not going to do you know we're, we're not going to do that thing that everybody wants us to do and you know some of the new songs sounded quite good uh, when they were like, "We're going to do a song from Sounds of the Playground Fading," it was like, "Oh, okay." And you know, some of the newer stuff, it didn't sound great. Um, they had a bloke uh, with a dressed as a pirate who had a trumpet, and he kept blowing the trumpet while they're playing. And Anders got him on stage, and they also had like um, Liam Wilson from Danger Escape Plans playing bass. Oh wow! And there was one point where they got this guy up on stage. And I looked at the stage and I thought, if you'd have told me five years ago that one day I will be watching a man dressed as a pirate trying to put a trumpet. I'll be watching In Flames as a man dressed as a pirate tries to put a trumpet in the mouth of the bass player from the Dillinger (laughs) Escape Plan. I would think that you had a a, a, a very active (laughs) imagination. But that happened. And, you know, I walked away from In Flames being like, you know, they are a good band. And I feel like now, would I go and watch In Flames again, having seen them a bunch of times over the years? <sighs> it was better than I've seen them be. Yeah, They can be really yeah. good. They were really, they played the Shepherds Empire in 2014 when that crappy album, Siren Charms, came out. But they were brilliant mm. when they played it. They were brilliant. And they weren't as good this weekend, to be perfectly honest. And the set list is still, is, is just forever going to be a problem. Mm. I just think it's they're never going to be like, you know, those albums we did from like 2009 to 2020. We're never going to play anything from them ever again. And then you'd go, cool. That's I'm happy with that. Right. But they ain't going to do that. So you just got to kind of accept that there will be lulls in their set. And that means that they were kind of all right. But I still enjoyed it. I think I maybe would have enjoyed it more or I felt like I enjoyed it more before I saw Killswitch Engage. (laughs) Because Killswitch Engage were fucking amazing. They were absolutely, just completely brilliant. I mean, check this out for, if I've, I'm, I'm, right, I'm gonna get my one criticism out of the way. Okay. They could have maybe done a couple more big ones at the start of the set. Right. So they came out and opened with My Curse. And you're like, oh, yeah. no fucking nice. about, no fucking nice. about at all. But then they followed it up with Rise Inside, This Fire and Reckoning, which I would say are, You know, not all, like, deepest, deepest, Mm. deep cuts, but they're not, like, massive. Arms of Sorrow, In Due Time, that's good. Beyond the Flames, The Signal Fire, like, you know, they're good. But I think they needed one, like, one of their other big, really, truly, massively huge anthemic songs at the top of the set. Um, And then you get, like, Unleash Hate by Design, The Crownless King, and then it goes pretty mental towards the end roses sharon reject yourself fixation of darkness strength of the mind element of one and this is mental bid farewell this is absolution end of heartache my last serenade holy diver. Oh. <laughs> bringing back holy diver. nice unbelievable to end the set with and i tell you what that last that run of of five at the end mm. i mean probably yeah, from Fixation of Darkness. I think mean, I really love Strength of the Mind as well. I think that's the best song off that particular album. Um, Jesse's voice is incredible. They sounded, they sounded really great. There can be bands at Bloodstock You sound like In Flames sounded a bit quiet. I thought Killswitch, they had the kind of headliner sound. They brought fire. It's never the first time I've ever seen Killswitch with like pyro. Yes. Jesse sounded amazing. I mean, and then just like you know. Bringing out fucking Holy Diver yeah. at the end of the set, and playing it for the first time in mean, Lord only knows how yeah. long. It was great, man. It was it was a real
1: with the Gumpy Brigade I... happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they were happy with that. Yeah, that kind of united everyone. Yeah. There were a few people I saw who were like, not sure about this band. I was just fuck
1: like, me. Are, Where have, have you been?
0: What are you on about? What are you on yeah. about? I remember um,
1: people being sniffy about them when they first came on the scene and stuff. But yeah. I think you know. Duh. i think as soon as i but uh, i fell in love from the first time i heard uh, you know saw the last serenade video i was like this band fucking special and then, yeah. and then obviously getting howard in and then first thing i heard was rosa sharon i was like fuck pff, yeah these guys are yeah. gonna be fucking in a special band
0: yeah they were great man they were so great and they were so great that i didn't go and watch Candlemas afterwards i just got drunk instead, fair and that's why you got a Text for me at 3 a.m. because that's what I thought.
1: I, I, I was still up. I was I was
0: getting quite drunk <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Friday. Didn't see much, but it was really, really cool. Saturday I probably saw more. Um I wanted to get there early. Obviously, having reviewed Earn last week mm. and reviewed the album, yeah. I wanted to see that live with my own eyes, and I have to say, it was what I really, really hoped it was going to be. It sounded great. Um brilliant joe sounded fucking ferocious nice. um and he conveyed all the emotion in that album mm. that we spoke about was conveyed brilliantly even even I think sometimes even though it was
1: an outdoor show you could still kind of
0: even as an outdoor yeah. show you could still kind of hear it in his, you could hear that kind of real anguish and real kind Amazing. of turmoil in his voice and he sounded fucking great and i have to give a shout out to i mean all of them like angus on, on guitar um his we were like wow he's got some fucking riffs i mean they're a three piece <laughs> mate
1: That's what we were and angus is
0: like hitting those riffs and also doing these mad solos and just like this guy's a proper fucking guitar hero mm like a proper fucking guitar hero. And Joe was really funny, they, they whacked and they said, oh, we've just been, we've done a, a song with Gajira and then they, you know, teased out a little Gajira riff <laughs> and everyone was like, ah, and then they just stopped and they were like, we're obviously not gonna play all that. And it was quite funny. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I mean, if they can do that, one day after the album has been <laughs> out, yeah. Yeah. I shudder to think what they'll be like when they've kind of hit their stride as a touring <laughs> unit. I've seen a lot of bands naming no names play that kind of early-ish eleven forty-five, second on the bill, first second on the bill, main stage, on not on the opening day of Bloodstock. British bands that I'm very very excited about or have been very excited about, and I've been like, oh yeah, they did quite well. Earn didn't do quite well. They fucking smashed mm-hmm. it. They absolutely smashed it. It was brilliant, proper brilliant. There, really really a big, big crowd? crowd. There's a decent yeah. crowd. Yeah, I think it was a decent crowd. I think there was a crowd that you would be happy with. It wasn't, like, packed, but it was, you know, the field was full. It was good. Um, Yeah, it was good. Uh, I wanted to go and watch Royal Republic, but I didn't because it started raining, and I am not watching bands in the rain. So then I went and watched, but I did. It started really raining just before Employed to Serve came on. I was like, do I watch Employed to Serve in the rain? I'm not sure. And then it stopped, like, literally as they came on. I was like, all right, fine, good, let's go. Employed to Serve were work great and get better with those big you know I've seen them doing um oh god well i saw them do the download pilot on the main stage I have seen them do other big-ish stages I'm trying to think what the other big-ish stage show that I saw them in was I can't remember now but this was their first time at Bloodstock I was quite surprised this was their first ever Bloodstock performance and you know they um they have definitely gone with the, like the last material with the the, the the conjuring album. I think they have definitely gone for songs that want to hit those those big stages. I think when you're dropping out a song like I don't know if you know that kind of the stuff on the second album, but like I spend my days, I spend
1: mm. my days mm.
0: wishing them away. Like they didn't play that, wow. and I was like, oh, that is a shame. Mm. That is a shame. But you know, they've got all the stuff from Eternal Forward Motion and from the last album sound massive live. They actually had um they had more energy than the the similar bands that I would compare them to, like a band like say fit for an autopsy they're not really similar in sound, but like the way they kind of present themselves the thing about employed to serve is is Sammy is so fucking enthusiastic and will get people fucking going them as a band they've got these massive fucking riffs, and Justine's just a really really magnetic front person employed to serve as ever unsurprisingly Hmm. were great they fucking killed it they were really good Um, bumped into Will who used to be in Black Peaks nice Um, and I was like oh Will what are you doing here and he was like oh my other band Skin Failure playing I I did actually miss I was going to say I want to see Casket Feeder I did miss them sorry chaps Um, I did miss Tortured Demon apparently they were absolutely amazing as well I really wanted to see them didn't get to see them saw Skin Failure now Sam saw Skin Failure uh, last year at Art Tangent and he was like, oh, it's just a bit of a kind of muck about to me. And I can sort of understand when you're in a band as good as Black Peaks as Will was, um, I can understand why you might think, oh, is he like wasting his talents being in what is essentially just like a, you know, get your scrot out and swing it about kind of thrashy hardcore band. I, I get that, right? I get that because I think Will is one of the best vocalists that this country has produced. You were presumably a oh, yeah, fan yeah, of yeah, Black yeah. Pigs, right? Yeah. And Fantastic. You, so you know like Will's vocals. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Fucking
1: right? incredible.
0: Fucking incredible. And um so like, you know, I get it. I think that Will um can do more than he is doing in skin failure. But they're a fun band like they are actually a they are a they are a they've got some really good songs they've got some really good riffs uh they're very entertaining and energetic to watch um i i thought they were i thought they were good i thought they were good i mean yeah will i think will is operating at you know in terms of his vocal range he's operating at i don't know probably like oh, wow. forty percent he's capable of but you know <laughs> like that's metal for you. I've just got to shout. Very <laughs> true. That's the truth. Um, but yeah, they were cool. I went to see a little bit of Knock Loose um, and then it started raining and I fucked off. I mean, look, I don't really care about Knock Loose. I've got to be honest. I don't, just don't really care. Yeah. Don't care. So I waited in, waited out, and I waited to see Triptychon performing the music of Celtic Frost. This was fucking amazing yeah oh. i haven't really been into celtic frost for that many years uh i've got um two megatherian on vinyl I've got pitched nice. just right below me now and and i over the last maybe like sort of it's probably mm, what would it have been like maybe eight seven eight nine years ago i was like oh i've never properly gone in on celtic frost and now i have and i think they're just an amazing band um and seeing Tom G Warrior playing those songs was so good, man. It was so good, and those songs are still so heavy. They feel so kind of foundational to the element of metal. Mm. They didn't actually get. I mean, we'll talk about how Bloodstock's changed, man. they didn't actually get a massive crowd. They got a big crowd, but they didn't get a massive Surprising. crowd. And I thought they would be one of the one of the big, big, big draws of the weekend. It didn't get a huge, huge, huge crowd. And I thought, like, Tom G. Warrior was on really good form. The song sounded, uh, like, amazing. They said they sounded American, and they didn't sound American. Um, But they sounded really, really good. That fucking guitar tone is insanely brutal. And, um, uh, you know, what can you say? Some of metal and extreme metal's kind of most important songs played by the guy that wrote them. Yeah. I don't think you can really I don't think you can really kind of complain about any of that to be honest it was it was fucking um yeah it was well good I mean I kind of thought it was going to be good you know I wasn't like oh I wonder if it would be good but um but yeah it was it was maybe even better than I thought it was going to be I don't know why I wasn't like oh it's going to be amazing because I just thought like oh, it's got old now and whatever but no it was fucking good although I have to say when I did that when I did Procreation of the Wicked <laughs> Um, I did keep thinking about the Sepultura cover. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I then went to watch a young Danish death metal band on the third stage. Uh, and I'm not going to say their name. Why? Because if I say that, because their name it not racist, but it's because it's in Danish, but it's they're called Neckbreaker. But if you translate it to Danish... I'm not saying that basically. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay.
0: It's called it's called Naka something. Right. Yeah. Uh, they were good. I think they're kind of promising. They're all like 15 and they just basically wow. sounded like Morbid Angel meets sort of entombed y kind of thing. Like they were, you know, it was cool. But um, the sound in the tent was cack. Mm. So it sort of lost quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Uh, It was a little bit under, it was, you know, you could tell they were good, but it was a little bit underwhelming. And talking about you can tell they're good, but it was a little bit underwhelming. The last band I saw at Bloodstock was Meshuggah, who didn't do much for me, I've got to be honest. Mm. Now, I wasn't mad excited about seeing Meshuggah at the Royal Albert Hall last year. I went along just because I was like, should go and watch Meshuggah at the Royal Albert Hall. And then they were absolutely fucking amazing. They were really, really amazing. But it just didn't really translate into a field I don't think they were still sugar and they were still good but the thing about Meshuggah is is that they are I mean someone described them to me as the most incredible one-trick pony in music <laughs> <laughs> because ultimately you're getting better <laughs> fucking an hour and a half right (laughs) and you are like wow this is really incredible i think you put it in a small room and you let it really kind of wash over you Mm. and hit you fucking hard like square in the jaw and you're just like wow amazing i think when you stick it outside and it can blow around and you can get distracted and you go there's a chip van over there," (laughs) and there's people getting pissed and and it just didn't hit like i've been hit by my sugar before so look they weren't bad um but it wasn't like, it was far from the best Meshuggah show that I've seen. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That was my bloodstock mm. weekend. Uh, I did see that they've announced some bands. I don't know how you think about this, mate. I'm going to go from bottom up rather than saying headliners because there's one particularly interesting headliner. They announced Infected Rain, Hell Ripper, Unleash the Archers, Green Lung, The Night Flight Orchestra, Septic Flesh, Rotten Christ, Igor, Flogging Molly. It's an odd one, isn't it? <laughs> Flogging <laughs> Molly. Corpse Carny. Clutch, Malevolence. And apparently, Malevolence are like sub headliners, which is wonderful. A Monomath had like two headliners so far. A Monomath and Architects. Hmm. Architects at Bloodstock. Mm. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. Bit funny that.
1: A bizarre booking. Looking towards, looking towards the future, looking to branch out. Trying to steal some yes. of the down low crowd that are just fucked off for that festival.
0: It's quite mini download, isn't
1: it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit.
0: And look, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I think it's like good for them for for sort of like doing the thing that they felt like they needed to do. Yeah. But I never thought, I mean, I was pretty surprised. I remember thinking like there's no way they'd book partway drive. And then they book partway drive. But at least partway drive, I was like, oh, they're very metal. Yeah. I mean, I remember being surprised when they booked Machine Head. I remember being surprised when they booked Trivium. When they when they put Rob Zombie, I was quite surprised by that. Mm. So I'm wondering how far they're going to
1: push this. Who do you think the third headliner is going to be? Then
0: I don't really know.
1: Do you think it will be someone? Um, so what was it? Architects and and who was the other headliner? Sorry, Monomath. Monomath Architects. I'm assuming then the third headliner will be like like oh, it was, it was it- like you know like Megadeth was booked for this year. It'll be someone yeah. like that, I think. Who would it be mm. though? I Think it'll be someone like... Well, uh, look, S-
0: Slayer. It's not going to be Megadeth again. No, Slayer are gone. Yeah. Anthrax not big enough. It's Metallica are too yeah. big. So that, it's not going to be one of those big. Well, four. No, I'm, I'm thinking more and like then, kind of old school, kind of heavy metal slash rock. Yeah. Um, Jude, I mean, Jude, I can't imagine Judas Priest will be back anytime soon. No, so, maybe um, the, obviously Aussie Sabbath is not the Scorpions, happen. and then all that is a good shout actually. Because I've 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 heard rumour, I've heard tell that maybe Scorpions might be coming back to Europe mm. next year to do a sort of an arena tour. Maybe I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I've heard that, that's only rumour. They, so yeah. they,
1: they're celebrating 50 years soon. I think.
0: Yeah, like that would make yeah.
1: sense. So so I mean, I think Sunday people would be happy the enough. With that time. Right? Going here,
0: I am. Rock you like Roo- a hurricane. Be- do- 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 you know, everyone whistling yeah.
1: on to winter change. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I guess you kind of have to. It's a weird one for me because I just think that, like, you know, obviously you've got you say like you, you'd have to build a day around architects. Yeah, really. I think yeah, you, you couldn't would. just go like, oh, we're gonna whack architects at the top, and yet we'll still have you know like septic flesh and rotting Christ on there. It's like oh, put them on with it. I think you have to build a day around architects, and then you know if you don't do day tickets or if you know is that enough to get Architects fans to come to Bloodstock I don't really know I mean look they're they're big enough they're unquestionably big enough to headline that festival it is just like it's a funny yeah, it is. fit it would be like having slam dunk headlined by block party do you know what I mean where you'd go well yeah I guess they are kind of to do with punk and I guess they are big enough but are they really the sort of thing that these people want to say I don't know I don't know anyway hmm.
1: be, who fucking it's gonna knows it's going to be interesting to see who else they um, they announce
0: yeah it will be interesting um, really quickly Limp Biscuit. I'll go through the supports Limp Biscuit at Gunsby Park Gunsby Park is quite far away from anything else in London <laughs> but you know that's not a problem for me because it's actually closer to where I live than Puh. the majority of the venues in Loveland. lovely in London so that's good. good um, Joe Vance and Braymate Yeah, fucking great was a good
1: was so a good Punk, rock, punk oh, rock Tactics I bet it fucking went off yeah. right
0: yeah, well, Punk Tactics is the name of their debut album, which will be coming out quite soon, apparently. Nice. And they are just really fun and really funny. And yes, every song sounds like the Beastie Boys. And yes, like they are a couple <laughs> of cocky little cunts. And, and they killed it, man. They were fucking brilliant. And you know, they're not signed to a label. They make all of that in Joe Vance's bedroom. It's all yeah. done in his bedroom. And mate, I am a fucking mad. I am a convert to a band. I, that band. That, yeah. that duo. They're not a band, really. That duo. duo. They were brilliant, man. They were fucking brilliant. Of, of all the support bands, comfortably the best. I thought Kenny Hoopla, it was pop punky stuff. I just don't care. um Pendulum, I've just announced a date of the 02, yeah. which feels pretty fucking ambitious because I've got to say. the
1: time's long gone, really, I, isn't
0: it? It sort of has, yeah. Like, you know, they didn't play Slam, they didn't play Tarantula. Um, it all, you know, it sounds a bit. It does all sound a bit 2010. Yeah, and I mean, I I, lost... I love
1: that second album, In Silico, but yeah. If, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, you know, great. I listened to it a few months ago. I mean, I love it, but fuck me, it sounds so dated now. Yeah, yeah, be, 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 Yeah, be, yeah. Be, be, I mean, be, be, probably, be, you know, Nightmares, man. It's still fucking incredible. Yeah. And, uh,
0: it, like it's great, and it, you know, the thing is, is that. I think you can get away with that if you have loads of charisma and personality and they've got rid of the MC I mean, that's the problem and they just pendulum for all the kind of like mad electro craziness they do they just look like blokes who work at PC one. <laughs> do you know what I mean and I just yeah. think that like I'm not sure they've got but you know the, the songs are good I think the songs are still good but you know just they did that the new one they've got with Matt Tuck and it's like nah like just accept you're a nostalgia act just accept you're a nostalgia act i'm sorry you have to just accept at this point pendulum that you are a nostalgia, whether you like it or not you are a nostalgia act it's yeah. just all there is to it um limp biscuit have accepted that yeah i think
1: <laughs> yes there's no thinking about uh, it. they are a nostalgia band. no
0: although they did play gold cobra and dad vibes back to back which are two quote unquote newer songs like dad vibes is actually new obviously gold cobra is 2011 which yeah. is you know i was talking to one of my mates i to go to school with was there uh, and i was and i was talking to him and it, I was, he was saying about what bands old bands would like they wouldn't book any old bands that we used to know back at Reading. and i said something like well you know i think like blink and paramore and you know my chemical romance could probably get booked at red he was like my chemical romance are a new band i was like mate my chemical romance are not not a new 20 years since um, the baby i think now <laughs> yeah it is and um So, you know, uh, Biscuit were great, man. They were fucking great. Uh, They started with, you know, they played like 1999 second. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, when you get to like, it's funny because where we stood, people were like, yeah, when they first came on. And every time they played, you know, Nookie or a Take a Look Around or a Break Stuff or, you know, Faith or whatever, people went off. But some of the other stuff... Like I say, 1999, people were like, oh, okay. Like, it It was, you like, they have got a bunch of hits. Yeah. And people know the hits. Yeah. And it was pretty funny to see people kind of not. Yep. I was like, you know, kind of get living it up. Where's fucking Hot Dog? Where's Rearrange? Where's Counterfeit? Like, whack all that on. I would have had a bit of a different set list, personally. But, yeah. you know, Wes Borland's brilliant. John Otto now looks like, you know, a fucking... Uh, uh, an old sailor (laughs) and um fred's got a beard Mm. um they are they are old now but like dude they were they were fucking great they were really great it's just a fun time just a very very fun time so yeah biscuit were great final one that i saw last night was a chat pile um sugar horse and st pierre snake invasion supported them sugar horse were great way too loud did not need to be ash did not need if you're listening you did not need to be that loud unnecessary it really really hurt they're playing to like a half full venue and it was really really fucking loud. but their mix of like you know dark throne and the cure mm. and susie and a banshees is a fucking, a bit of and converge is like a absolute bit of me so i i'd never seen them before i'm glad that i finally got to see them We've talked about that band quite a lot on this podcast they're great Saint Pierre snake invasion, who I've seen before, but I've never seen them in the suits and with the new material mm. and galore. Have you listened to Galore? The new Saint Pierre, it's
1: fucking wonderful. Oh man, it it's so wonderful. good. Wonderful,
0: Damien. Damien's really, really funny. They sounded great. They have huge, huge hooks and choruses. Like they are a big hook-driven banger band. Yeah. Really fucking great. And I thought Chapelle struggled to um to keep up with them Mm. i think they you know a lot of people were were fucking went mad on that chat pile album and i thought it was it was very good right like it was very good but i don't think it translated quite as well live i thought they were a lot of noise and maybe some of the subtleties weren't quite there um the lead singer's really funny he kept talking about like what films he likes and stuff and talking about old, like weird old films from the 90s that he liked. Um, should get him, should get him on here. Sounds yeah, all right. Yeah, it <laughs> should really. Yeah, oh mate, you'd love him. You'd fucking have a fucking ball with him. And, um, you know, the, the guitar tone is crushing, absolutely crushing. But um, I would say St. Pierre Snake Invasion by a nose as the the kings of the night for that night personally. It was, it was good. Um, so there you go. A lot of live stuff. Well, that's just what's been going on. Um, before we get into your top five rave tunes, Gaz, just quickly wanted to talk about Jungle Volcano, the fourth album from the UK electro band, follow up to their 2021 album, Loving in Stereo, which I have to confess I have not heard. In fact, I have not heard Jungle at all. I was sort of aware of them a little bit, but I knew they were doing that All Points East thing um, with headlining over Gabrielle's and Erika Badu mm. which I thought sounded like a good day I was like oh that is a good yeah. day uh, and now having listened to this album it's a shame that I'm going to be at Reading Festival which is when it happens because I would love to see these songs live I think this album is fucking great yeah right it's, yeah? it is great I mean
1: it's the kind of album that would like soundtrack you not you you them out there, uh, you know, living their best life in their hunter wellies at Secret Garden Party, being a weekend hippie. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it's safe. Yes, you could call it sanitised, kind of sub Mark Ronsony kind of stuff. But do you know what? I really don't care because I fucking love this.
0: This anyone who said this is like Mark Ronson, I'd fucking like I would give them a nasty well, look I think it's got far more. going oh, on Oh no, it has. Mark I mean, Ronson.
1: it's it's kind of been accused of that. I think they've been accused of that for a while now. I, I guess that kind of I I don't know. It it can be a bit backgroundy, I guess. In in regard, you know, in regards to like, it's very know, it, it's
0: it's very nice to have on.
1: Oh yeah, oh completely, completely. You know, it's um. It, it, it's just just a great mashup of you know break beats 70s funk and soul mix, you know you've got that kind of euphoric kind of disco thing going on as well it's just the sort of thing that y- you could I don't know kind of accidentally come across uh, at a random festival and just watch the set with a with a a, a glass of wine in your hand and have a fucking great time mm. but it Back, back on, um, uh, back in '74, man. That's that's the one. Yeah, it's just like it's just got it's just pure Curtis Mayfield. Early...
0: Well, it reminds me of "Happy" by Pharrell. If that yeah. song was actually good, yeah.
1: True. Well, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'd, yeah, yeah.
0: Like a slightly more serious version of that. And there are a few things that I think are like, you know, basically like. I mean, Don't Play, I think, really sounds like, music sounds better with you, yeah, which we spoke about. Yeah, and, you know, there are loads of things on this album which remind me of classier versions of quite cheesy things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, you know, my favourite song on the record is uh, You Ain't No Celebrity, which got Roots Maneuver on. Yeah. Fucking love to hear Great. it. Killer vocal hook. Mm. House bass, like kind of, you mm. know, like funky house yeah. bass. Some really cool kind of slinky Noel Rogers guitar yeah. playing as well. I think it's great, man. I, I like like my favorite, to be clear, right? I, I think that this is a really interesting mashup of kind of quite minimalist, lo-fi, funky modern funky house mm. mixed with um, let's say like classic soul. Yeah. Like proper, wicked classic soul. And I think you know, my favorite bits are when they do go full old school soul. Mm. Um, But I kind of, I I like, I think it's interesting to mix it up. It maybe makes it sound like, say it makes it sound maybe a bit more, you know, car commercial or whatever.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. It it kind of is something that, yeah, like every track could be used on, uh, I don't know, a fucking Peloton advert or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But it's got that kind of wicked end of summer sound and feel. It it just kind of sounds almost like effortless. There's the sub. I don't know. It's just. It's just. It was a really, really nice listen. Yeah. Um, after and, after
0: a, after a week of like you know Meshuga and Celtic Frost and, and Chat Pile. <laughs> Uh, an aqua, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like this was like a lovely fucking album to put it, on. It mate. was really good. It
1: really, really was. Yeah, thank, thank you for bringing it to my attention, mate. Because I, I remember them years ago getting like nominated for a Mercury, but I just remember seeing the name. Because I'll always give like yeah. the Mercury list like a cursory kind of glance and go, Nah,
0: not for me, mate. <laughs> Where, yeah. where's Trouble Gum? <laughs> it <laughs> <He> was robbed. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, look, this is, this is. I think this is is good. Like, I I mean, yeah. People might say this is too fucking, you know, safe or whatever. But I just, I don't care when the sun's been shining. It's out and it's nice and like, it's the addition of that soul stuff that really makes a shit work. Yep, that's and the nice funky
1: drama breaks and the little yeah, yeah, like you said, Nile Rogers kind of. (laughs) <laughs> Base kind of flourishes. There's always something in each. There's something in every song. Just that that perks my ears up a little bit, rather than it just being totally fucking beige <laughs> backgrounds that you can mm. just put on at a dinner party. There's enough in it to go, yeah, man. This is this is really good. Yeah, really like it. Yeah, really I
0: like I, it. it. It's really good. Um, Volcano by Jungle. We will do the No Name album as I mentioned. We will definitely do that because I think that deserves more than the one listen. That i have given it but i can tell yeah. from the single listen that it is pretty fucking exceptional but yeah uh, volcano of a jungle i have listened to that a fair few times right for some i gave gaz i said "Look, oh, we should do something else just to kind of end the show with and i gave you the option of various different things that we could do um your top five one hit wonders of a certain thing mm. and we kind of went back and forth i won't reveal some of those but uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> you, at one point I went I went top five death metal one it wonders and you were like that's not even a thing it's not even a thing <laughs> uh, and you got a point Um we decided on early rave bangers what is the era of early rave in your mind would you say mate Um I'll say kind of post like uh,
1: 1990 to 93 I think for me mm. Because you know, before that, it was like, you know, it was, it was Chicago House, and yeah. then I mean, I mean, one of my choices is is, is eighty nine is quite housey, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's one of them eighty you nine.
0: Know. Yeah, I believe so. Which one? We'll
1: get to it when okay. we get to it. Okay, okay when, we get to, when we get when we get to it, we'll get to it. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean. Oh. What I kind of class as like the rave era, when you had s- songs like Charlie by the Prodigy and, mm. uh, uh, you know, the sh- um, not necessarily The Shaman, but like, um, I'd class the KLF stuff as rave. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, they called it Stadium House, but for me, you know, 3AM Eternal, Last Train, and with they're rave songs. And then going forward, going into like the... Again, we're talking about novelty songs, but you know your trip to Trumpton, your, your, yeah. your Sesame treat, your uh, what was it? Everything starts with an E. Do you Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Raving, we are raving, all that kind of stuff. Um, but basically, all the stuff that was re- released up to like you know the Criminal Justice Bill. Fuck you, Tories.
0: Basically, <laughs> um, yeah. That's what. That's what that whole era. Uh, essentially, was talking about. Wasn't yeah, I? I'm. I really kind of. I really loved uh, the the intention behind all of that, and I really love like when I think back. I had a lot of mates that are into this stuff, Same. and a lot of mates who would bring round like DJ Ratty yeah. tapes or oh, like Odyssey. Oh,
1: oh, those like those boxes had like eight cassettes in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And they would sit and they would whack a tape on. Of, like, some recording of an all night party Mm. that went, that was, that that had happened like two weeks before, and they'd managed to go out and get it, or they got like some fucking, you know, some bootleg version of it from somewhere. And so I listened to a lot of this stuff, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think, so it has like a real kind of cool, it's got a nostalgic pull for me. Funnily enough, I say this about Aqua, but I mean this more for this. Like, I didn't always love the music, but then as I kind of learned about it a bit more kind of years down the line, I loved the attitude, and then I found myself kind of loving the music more. Do you know what I mean? Liking the music more. And now at this point, I am like, I love all that shit because it really takes me back to that place. And I respect it a hell of a lot. I think we did. If you want to go back, if you want to go to our Patreon page, and you go right back. You can hear me uh, when we were Riot Act um it's just basically me talking for two hours about the prodigy and rave culture and the criminal justice bill and it's on the the music for the dual generation podcast that that i'm gonna say we did i did um gas wasn't on it and it might as well have just been me monologuing to be perfectly honest um it's just somebody going uh, it's not as good as this thing that's on K um or whatever uh so anyway yeah it it was a good time man it was a it was a kind of growing up with that and with grunge at the same time yeah. i think it w- it was like a really cool thing to be growing up with i think the, the whole kind of rave
1: thing i mean I was like, and I'm like a couple of years older than you um but I just remember like the whole kind of rave thing i I remember all the news reports at the time, I remember all the fucking red top headlines. Yeah. You know, are are your children taking ecstasy and all the whole Leah Betts thing and all that? I remember, all, I remember it all clear as day. Um, but it did, and, and obviously those tape packs as well. And it it all seemed to be at school. It was always like the, um, like the hard kids who, who used to be smoking in the bike sheds. They were the people that listened to this stuff. It just seemed a yeah, bit more kind of. It seemed dangerous and a little bit scary.
0: Yeah, because you know, I remember there was there were and the kids who had the like you'd be like oh they're wearing a Super Mario Brother t shirt and then you get close to it's it like oh it's, no that's a t shirt about magic mushrooms yeah do you know yeah. what I mean you'd be like oh that's weird that that kid who used to take my lunch money uh, he wearing a puffer jacket but with a Super Mario yeah 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 naff like, naff oh, jacket and, uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, um,
1: yeah and they you know the, they were always like the first the first ones to to drive it would always be like a red mini metro with a sub in the boot. You know, yeah. and just you'd hear him going, you know, just razzing down fucking on the fucking Street on a Friday
0: night. But it, well, it, it, or Michael Brewer in my village, it was Michael Brewer playing insane clown party. Right. <LS> Shout out Brewer! Shout Shit out Brewer. Shit was different down same- south, wasn't it? Eh? Yes, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. You're right. It was like the fucking hard kids. Yeah. I was a bit scared of the, t- the people that were into rave.
1: I, I remember seeing some footage, like doc, I remember seeing like BBC Two documentaries about like the rave culture and the illegal raves and stuff. Like that uh, was it, the Castle Morton rave that you know went on for like yeah. seven days. And I, I remember seeing all this footage on telly, um, and it just seemed quite dangerous, you know. And, well, it was and, dangerous. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it, it was. But also, you know, looking
0: back now,
1: I'm like, it was so fucking punk rock. Yeah. The
0: whole, I think it's a thing.
1: Yeah, you know, when you look back and it's just like, oh man, if only I was like 10 years older, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd love to have, I'd love to have, I don't know, been there at the time and had one of those like biblical moments that I hear people in their 50s telling me what it was like yeah, go, going, some... going to some fucking raving, you know, in Hampshire, leaving a port and part of their brain somewhere in the fields. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Never really coming back. But ha- you know, having these these incredible stories that they that they love telling people and it's just like fuck man, I'd love to have been there for that.
0: I'd love yeah. to have been there for it. Instead, what we got was when it was like punk rock, co-opted by the mainstream. And signed by loads of big record labels, and got in the charts, and the uh. novelty hits kept coming. That's kind of what we got, and that's what we're going to talk about. Yes, that it is. was, I guess that's that's our yeah, rave, everyone.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about yeah the when rave became pop stars, because <laughs> yeah. you know, like you and like a lot of people, our age, my exposures to this stuff was through top of the pops and this was that era of top of the pops where it went from bands miming on stage to the two guys out of the orb playing chess for three minutes do you know what i mean we were in that that. era where it was just like you got you got a guy miming on a pair of decks you know you you've got some stunning like black italian supermodel miming along to ride on time do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it was like it was a different era for top of the pops going into that early 90s
0: yeah, it took a little bit of like getting used to yeah. from Toilet Pops, I think. But if you watch bbc 4 you'll see, you can actually see yeah. in real time the struggle that oh. <laughs> the producers had trying to get that stuff on. But, yeah. um,. So I guess a bunch of it would have been on here. Let's start your first pick that you sent over, because Gaz has made this as a... I'm going to do it as you sent me, mate. I'm going to do it as you sent okay. me. Okay. Messiah. Messiah. Temple of Dreams. Mm. Um, one of three top 40 hits from the UK Joe, It's actually their second biggest hit. Although I'm going to let you off straight away, because right. their first hit was a cover of I Feel Love by Donna Summer, which you don't need to cover, Sorry. particularly if you are no, 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 a no. UK rave duo so I'm happy to let you off for that one Um this reached rather meagre number 20 in 1992 Um their other hit in the top 40 in the UK was Thunderdome which got to number 29 in 1993 I don't remember that don't remember that at all I've got to be honest with you I'm not sure I remember Temple of Dreams either really? no I just
1: remember the song being everywhere at school um I, mean, I I kind of fell in love with it because when I first heard it, I initially thought, oh, it was a new KLF song because it's yeah. got that you know stadium house feel, especially when it kicks in. It's just like that. Just sounds like last train to Transcentral or it's grim up north or something like that. you know? Yeah. Um, or Utah Saints yeah, or something. Well, yeah, it? exactly. It reminded me of Utah Saints. It it almost had like a... It, it, it kind of sounded like a riff. It, to me, That's that mm. bit sounded like a metal guitar riff.
0: You know. And yeah. then you got your man from The Running Man you on there. Oh, you know, Who loves you? Yeah. And who do you love? The Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, plus it's, yeah, it's sampled like, you know, 1992 Gaz... Was like that was the start of my obsession with Arnie. Obviously, the previous year I'd been see Terminator Two in the cinema. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: you know, obviously um, I'd seen Total Recall by this point. I was digging back. I'd seen the Running Man on TV. I'd recorded the Running Man on TV. Um, he had the split, and you know, <laughs> um, and I, I was kind of getting like yeah pretty much like getting getting fully like entrenched and obsessed with movies and cinema and like d- discovering kind of films from the past and stuff which I still I still sort of love doing now um when you mix that with like heavy metal guitar riffs um almost play through a keyboard filter huge fucking drums and then it all Massive. just stops on a fucking dime and then you've got the kind of classic like um trance chorus did I dream you dream about me it's, it's, it's just this wonderful kind of mishmash of of things that were just kind of I don't know not necessarily thrown together but for me that is the this is almost like the definition of like a perfect rave song for me mm. it, it's got the heaviness yeah, it's, and got... it's got it, it's got the euphoria as well and it's got the hooks
0: and it's got something yeah, like say the hook, it's got the thing from the thing that you know. Do you know that you knew beforehand that you go, oh, it's that thing, and then that makes you go, oh yeah. and then you've got all the like and then you just want to fucking dance, don't you? Yeah. I I don't remember this, but I do like it. I was going, I can't believe I don't I don't recognise this song. Really it's surprised. the only one. Yeah, I honestly I don't remember this song. I don't remember it at all. Um and I must have heard it. I'm like, you know, there's no way I didn't hear it. Um, but it is very good it's a strong start mate. Oh, thank you strong thank you. start uh, Temple of Dreams by Messiah again you know not actually a big hit that's like the, the I guess a slight is it a one hit wonder I'm not sure mm. because obviously but they had a hit with a cover doesn't count no, exactly. um, But <laughs> tell <laughs> that to alien Ant uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh right your second pick is Sweet Harmony by Liquid now this I do remember oh the, yeah debut single from again uh, it won't surprise you to learn they are a uk <laughs> dance to you, dance duo uh, got to number 15 um, never charted in the uk top 40 ever again it was released on the 9th of march 1992 i say they never got that they, they never had another song in the uk top right. 40 this yeah. was re-released in 1995, it got to number 14, so that was the highest time that it got in there. And then in 2004, they released it again, and at this time it got to number 84. I do definitely remember it from 1995. Mm. Um, don't think I remember it from 2004, but, you know, uh, right. this first one, that's a real quiz, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this, that's a real quiz. Yeah,
1: isn't it, just... I mean, the greatest piano loop in kind of Acid House slash rave history... It's up there, man. Bum, 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 bum. Again, it, it does that classic thing that I require from kind of rave tracks and dance. Well, just dance tracks in general, really. The kind of build and the build and the build and the build. And it just drops. And then and then you get the piano. And I'm a sucker for the, those kind of piano-led rave tunes.
0: Oh, those pianos sounded fucking amazing back then I'll, they sounded like the cleanest clearest yeah. most euphoric beautiful sound yeah. you can imagine and like you say like you get that and that you know that, that kind of C.C. Rogers sample that's sweet oh, harmony yeah. sweet <laughs> harmony over the top and it's just like it's massive yeah. it's not like like whereas um you know you were talking about Messiah Temple of Dreams and how that is like that's a banger yes, do you what I mean like, that is a banger, a banger. you wait on you go like fucking yeah. banger where this is like pure you know the hands are up in the air and you're looking up to the sky Mm -hmm. and you're kind of you're somewhere else Mm -hmm. Um, that liquid drum and bass opening is amazing and when those keys start it's a proper classic proper fucking classic like yeah man seems mad that again you know like one hit these yeah. you think like how difficult would it have been you've got the formula there yeah Drum and bass, piano, sample something, put it all together. Surely you're going to get another hit and people are going to be like, oh, well, the guys did Sweet Harmony. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fucking. yeah. Why could they not recreate this? It doesn't make sense.
1: I mean, you know, there was, there was a lot of those kind of, I mean, you know, you call them one, it wonders. But, you know, people like... People like Chad Jackson, you know, SL2, a lot of it were kind of one-off projects, you know. Mm. I mean, obviously SL2, it was it was DJ Slipmat and DJ Lime who were both, like, massive in the kind of jungle, drum and bass kind of worlds. Like, huge yeah. DJs who, you know, travelling the world, playing all these raves and stuff. It You know, like Chad Jackson, I think he won, like, the British like um, Turntable Championship, I think, in the, like, 80s. He won it, like, two years running or something, you know. These are, like, legit, like, Big DJ guys who just happen to have this kind of one chart kind of smashed. that was embraced by the mainstream. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's not their
0: bread and butter, I guess. Is it? No, that's, it's not like that. You're a band, and you're yeah. trying to write yeah, another yeah, hit. You're yeah. not trying to do yeah, that.
1: That's what's. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Um, th- thank you for you know putting my mishmash of thoughts into a succinct sentence. <laughs> that's what I meant. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. No. Yeah, you're right.
1: You know, it it just so happened that you know th- th- this. One thing that they probably thought was a throwaway, is that someone just latched onto that Ah, you know. I remember when that SLT, you know, SL2 on a ragged tip. Sorry, just missed out sorry. on my list. But I'm I, pretty shocked that that didn't oh, make it. To be honest, I remember at the time. I remember Paul McCartney being quoted that that one was one of his favourite records of recent times. Wow! Thumbs up, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, cheer. wow, cheers cheers it's because that, that piano bit is yeah. uh, ding, 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 yeah. ding ding I mean that's a yeah. fucking great tune yeah, yeah. liquid
1: sweet harmony this is
0: um, yeah
1: just that mixture of um, the, a massive drum break and a really beautiful piano loop it's been done mm. a million times so I like to think that when 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 mike skinner in is it we become heroes where he he does yeah. the line uh, the, oh, when, when, the, when that same piano loops over and over and over i think he's talking about mm. this song
0: mm. uh, i mean there are so many and i suppose yeah. <coughs> excuse me by march 1992 that as a formula was something but again it's the sort of thing you go like i think march 92 it was ready to go into the charts at that point. It was ready to be kind it of was, big chart yeah. success. Because yeah. before that, maybe... Like, when you think back to the stuff like, you know, you think of like Charlie by The Prodigy, in mm. 1991, kicking off that whole kind of like... Alternate you know, and, car, yeah. Alternating. Alternating like, that cartoon rave yeah. and stuff. It was so intense. Yeah. And what this does is sort of bring it down a bit yeah. and make it like, you know, there's still those drum based bass breaks, but yeah, that... What became, in the next few years, the amount of like euphoric piano... Yeah breaks that you would hear I'm mm-hmm. not sure that Liquid Sweet Harmony was necessarily the first one I couldn't tell you that for definite no. but I mean it certainly was one that was, has become one of the most iconic ones unquestionably yeah um, I've got a question for you about this though yeah that? two songs within two years of each other yeah. Beloved's song of the same name Sweet Harmony oh. which is better oh I
1: think, I think Beloved's. So it is <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, I mean,
0: that isn't a rave song at all, so you couldn't really. Uh, hear, but it's probably. Do
1: Joe know Tess in the video for Sweet Harmony?
0: I didn't know that. No, I didn't yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I like
0: Hello. If uh, like true to my like liking, this, the the second best song. Hello's great like as sh- Well, Shakespeare sister, Hello is the best beloved song. Yeah, I mean, look if if look, tell me another music podcast that will review Celt- like Tom G. Warrior doing Celtic Frost and then start ranking the singles of The Beloved.
1: The best Beloved single. They did a, <laughs> They did a really good ballad in in the early nights as well. Was it called um, For the First Time? I'm In Love For The First Time? Or something like, I'm only in love for the first time. Oh always, always liked The Beloved.
0: Yeah, I did as yeah, well. I thought like they the were good. good I mean, they're not really, like I say, anything to do with this. No. I'm going to get them up on Spotify. I wonder know how many people listen to The Beloved uh, today. Um Sweet Harmony is their biggest Gotta song. Yeah. They've got 800,000 monthly listeners. The Sun Rising is their second oh, biggest song. A great song. Sky's the Limit. Yeah. Yeah, Sunrising is their second, third, fourth, and fifth <laughs> biggest song, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck me. Time After Time, Deliver Me Hello. Great. Deliver Me, I remember. Yeah. do remember Time After Time. All right, fine. I've got about. Anyway. About I've had that great
1: asset on my phone for years. Brilliant. Love the beloved. Mm. I beloved the beloved.
0: Anyway, Sweet Harmony by Liquid. Yeah, fucking banger. Here's one. I mean, we were obviously had to get some Italians in there. Open Your Mind by USURA. Now, USURA... I, w- I, w- I, w- I, w- I
1: always said Yusura. I've called it Yusura since 1993...
0: 2... Three, I guess so, three. but surely it is US URA, oh, yeah, I think people did call him Asura, but because yeah. there's the dots, mm. I'm just saying it right I, now. I mean, I haven't said I it. I just saw the dots. People did used to say Sura. I think the dots Joy are just did. being edgy. Maybe. Um, so this is Time Records owner Giacomo Merlini, Walter Cremonini, and Alessandro Gelardi. Um And the name is derived from Giacomo Merlina's mother, Ursula. Okay. So I don't know, but then they've just taken, they put an A in. Yeah. Like no idea. No idea. Um, Doesn't matter. Opens with a sample from Total Recall, More Arnie.
1: And that open, opens with a sample of uh, my favourite Simple Minds song. New Gold Dream. Really? 81, 82, 83, 84. It's my favourite Simple Minds ah. song. That's what first turned me on to this song. I remember seeing the videos for it on the chart show. Get your guys' bingo cards out. <laughs> <laughs> um and, uh, you know, <speaking> uh, yeah. and you know down 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 now and and then yeah, then you've got uh you know then you've got quite, um uh, not quite quato, it? Open your mind.
0: Open yeah. your mind
1: quite yeah. <laughs> Quaid
0: Get your
1: ass to Mars Give this g- more air Come on
0: Goddammit You son of a bitch um, I mean look Italians Them and the Belgians And the Dutch They fucking love oh, this shit Oh fuck they? yeah They fucking love this shit So this came out in 1993 Right mm. Reached number 7 On the UK singles chart yep. The follow up single Sweat Which I don't I don't know that song No Do you know? remember that no. song? Okay Got to number 29 in the UK, but it's actually their biggest hit in Italy. Got number two. Wow. This got number four in Italy. I got to number two. Never charted in the UK again Mm. until they re-released Open Your Mind in 1997. Got to number 21. This is the better version. Oh, yeah. Open Your Mind, 97 is not as good. It's not as good. I mean, the thing about this is, right, and we kind of, if you listen to us chatting about Aqua tomorrow, I make this point and I say, you know, you can't, you got a you got a picture stuff just right. This is fucking daft and super over the top. Yeah, and I love and I love it for it. Yeah, but if you if it went any if it went if they toned it down a bit, it would be boring. Yeah, it would. And if they t- and if they took it any further, it would be too stupid. Yeah. So fair play to you, Sarah, for getting that exactly right. That open your mind. Oh, everybody...
1: oh the the little break bit. Oh.
0: It's so fucking 90s. It's so, so, so fucking 90s. I mean, look, this is, this is, I mean, look, it's, it's, it could not be. This
1: is up there with like Swamp Thing by the Grid Levels of Genius. Oh, I love Swamp Thing. Yeah, that day, death, they they had a bunch of hits though. So I couldn't really, yeah. They had one called Roller Coaster, I think. Um, there was one called was it they Space did. Cowboys or Galactic Cowboys or something like that. Galactic Cowboys, yeah.
0: is that what it was called? No, it
1: was, uh, something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, like the grid.
0: Um, yeah, but I this mean, this is
1: you know you can't go wrong for me. It's just you know, literally just a looped sample of the intro to New Gold Dream by Simple Minds, mm-hmm. mixed in with one line repeated about 40 times and then you've got a breakdown bit which is oh oh and then you got <laughs> that's literally it right for, for four minutes and if you try and, try and sell that to a kid today they would be like what what are you what, what are, are, you are you talking doing? about you old man get away from me I'm going to call the police um, but weirdly it had such a charm it really does have an it's an almost naive kind of simplistic charm to it Mm-hmm. There was a. Thousand... It's the shortest song as well. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, there was a, that, there were, you know, by 1993, there was a fucking there was a thousand records like this that were released that year. Yeah. But this was the one that I always remember and and just gravitated. Like you know, full disclaimer: I bought all five of these songs on either vinyl or cassette single. I had them all, and I and I literally played them all to death, mostly in secret. Know. <laughs> you know, you know, you I, know. We talked about Steve's shit drawer a few times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These are in, these are in the shit drawer
0: Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a bit of something like, I mean, "Higher State of Consciousness" by Josh Wink would come out a few years later. And what was that song? French Kiss. Who the fuck oh, was that by? Little Louis. Little Louis, the, yeah, the one with the just orgasm just in the middle, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh. And I was like, "There's nothing to this. It's literally <laughs> yeah. just a beat going, um, 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 yeah." And then someone having an orgasm. You, or, you listen like, to
1: it now, Little French Kiss sounds fucking amazing. Now that is like, that is like OG, this. like progressive house, acid house. You know, '89. I remember really One banning it. Um, you know, yeah. because I remember it got to number two uh, in, in the summer of '89. And it, now it sounds amazing. When it slows down in the middle bit, you know, if you can
0: see... Oh, yeah. It kind of slows down. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to... Yeah. Do you know what? I never thought it was 1989. That's really yeah. fucking early. Yeah. I had it in my head that it was like the mid-90s. Nah, yeah,
1: second summer of love, it's man. Ten
0: minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Fucking hell. I'd, I, I thought a, that was a lot a hell, later. That's that. a
1: hell of an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> It really is.
0: Um, anyway, Open Your Mind by Asura or USURA. Uh, it's the silliest one, I would say. Yeah. Now this, I tell you what, I think this is my favourite one. Um, Opus 3, It's a Fine Day, a cover of the 1983 song by someone called Jane, which released uh, was released in 1983 and we reached number five on the UK, uh, UK singles chart. This... Also reached number five on the UK Singles Chart when it was released on the 10th of February, 1992. The only top 40 hit from, again, the London Electronic duo. At the top of 1992, you could not escape this song. Nope. You just could not escape this song. It was absolutely fucking massive. Yep, and And uh, the... Um, the kind of background to it is that the two guys that did because it's a cover by all accounts the two guys um who made it uh legally weren't allowed to reveal themselves that was the hmm. that was the the kind of the story and they'd found this you know this um classically trained vocalist Kirsty hawkshaw uh, and got her to do yes Kirsty hawkshaw who went on to kind of do the do the 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 re-recorded you know it's gonna be a fine night tonight it's gonna be a fine day tomorrow and i'm hearing this at the time being like oh my god this like annoying (laughs) because it's such a kind of cutting vocal yeah do you know what i mean it's such a kind of like she's got such a kind of she's got a very good voice but it's a very sort of high voice yeah And it was so, like, cutting that I remember just being like, "Ah, I'm going to do that. Everyone
1: did that at school. (laughs) Yeah, of course
0: they did. (laughs) Of course they did. And now I listen to it and I'm like, wow, this is, like, really kind of beautifully ethereal. And it's not really like a lot of the kind of rave stuff that was coming out in 1992. It did have that. Mm. I mean, there were a few of those songs that, Probably that, they weren't really part of Ray, but like, you know there was stuff like you know "Sunshine on the Rainy Day." Oh yeah, by Zoe. Zoe, Zoe. Which, I, which I thought was fucking amazing. And um and you know it had a bit of that kind of almost kind of elfin ethereal quality to it. Mm. I, I think this is well good. This, it's yeah. Just, this
1: this song was like in good. This is the one out of all kind of five that I've I've picked. This is the one that takes me back to end of term school discos <laughs> and just being an absolute wallflower <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know with you you bottle of mad dog 2020 oh fucking you're hard <laughs> you know and it's i believe it was released on on um pete waterman's label as well so he's actually got one yeah he, right? he's 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 had one decent contribution to the world's um, well, oh, yeah, well, so and, well and Kylie as well to be fair um, but yeah like you said this song was it's mad. this song was, was this song was everywhere right? everyone knew this song it was on the radio all the time it was on TV all the time it was on top of the pops all the time she was she was everywhere she, she had this incredibly kind of striking image you know shaved heads and she had that kind of like silver thing like dangling from the top of her edge remember that and like yeah. with, with the glass balls and the video doing all this I yeah and, you know, she had, she had incredibly kind of strong, striking look, and she was getting interviewed and stuff a lot. It's mad to think that this this wasn't a number one, or at least, like, a number two. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it should have been, yeah. But even now, the, I mean, here's a question for I mean You know, we, we always kind of talk about, like, like, dance music being, like, incredibly, incredibly dated. You know, a lot of it dates so quick, especially the, the songs from back then, because the technology was moving so fast. Like I do generally think that um, I'm not yes, there's a whiff of nostalgia about it, but I, I do generally think that all five, all five of my choices, they they do still like stand up pretty well. I think, but Opus Three, I think it's it sounds fucking. I mean, this song's like thirty over thirty years old now. And it still sounds. But when those drums get you know, that na 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 and then when those massive fucking drums kick in and those big synths that bam those synth stabs it's it's the kind of I guess it was, it was you know, ninety two was like the dawn of like ambient house. You had little little fluffy clouds and Mm-hmm. You know, the, the all they all had a fucking number one album in 1992 yeah. which is mad thinking about it now. Um, you know, those are kind of ethereal vocals, and but it's just a brilliant pop song. At the I, end of the think... day, there's it, it's just you, you strip away all the kind of rave bits that were kind of put underneath it to kind of make it kind of fit in with the what's the word the zeitgeist of the day i guess but at the end of the day it's just a fucking amazing pop song that could just work well, it that could work as a folk song do you know what i mean
0: well it did yeah it did exactly i mean that's the thing is yeah. that it's a cover so i think yeah. that kind of helps that you've got that base for it um i mean does it has opened your mind uh age that well i'm not sure that no i think it's like no. do you know what i mean but yeah. i think like yes you're right this at the at its core uh is a good song yeah it is the one for me it's comfortably I would say it is the one that you know were I to play this to anyone who doesn't remember this isn't interested in soft music doesn't remember it wasn't around for it and they would go was it actually good I would go well this is actually good Mm. you know I'm not sure that you know open your mind um would necessarily be something that I would go to people No, no no this this is definitely actually really good and it's not nostalgia at all you know uh, or you know like Temple of Dreams by Messiah I think that people would be like oh you know it's kind of cool is it a great song I think Sweet Harmony is good and I think to move on to your final pick like Fine Day yes that is genuinely a great song and I think the other things they have you know what a lot of them have are great moments and Infinity by Guru Josh This is the debut single from the Jersey-based Asset House DJ, released on the eighteenth of December 1989, Gaz. Wow. Just before the 90s. A mere week and a bit before the nineties kicked off. This reached number five in the UK singles chart. He re-released his song again in 2008 where it peaked yep. at number three. Yeah. Shame I, that it's it was, not as good.
1: Well, no, it's not as good. It's it's not it's not it's not a bad remix. That was that was that summer of uh, re-releasing remixes because it, yeah, it was, it was. I think it was the same summer there was that real heavy remix of something good by Utah yeah, Saints with, was, with yeah. the Running Man video.
0: Yeah, in the pub again, not as good. Nah, no near as good, but the video the, was great. No The video was brilliant. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, his follow-up single, Who's Law," got to number twenty-six. Nothing else ever charted. Mm. Uh, this is the cheesiest one in in a lot of ways. It's probably like the cheesiest one. Um. 1990s time for guru. Time for guru. Uh, and he and he never had another hit. No. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on about and even says on the cover, if you look at yeah, the covers does, of yeah. the single, I, "1990s time for the guru." I've still got my seven and then, of it somewhere. <laughs> and then he never. And then he has a hit in 1989, and he never. Just before we get into 1990, and then never has a hit during the 90s. Even when this hits again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's in the 2000s. So he got it completely wrong. Completely uh, the, wrong. But the, the joyful, but... the
1: joyful optimism of ecstasy.
0: Yes. But I have to say, you know, this sax has become iconic. Yeah. This is the thing I would say that if you've never heard any songs and you're going, I don't know what you're talking about, you have heard that sax. I mean, that sax, that is a vibe, mate. That is, that is a vibe. That's... Yeah. And it was, like, I mean, that was, like, everybody knows that sax part. Has it dated? Probably dated about 15 minutes after you made it. But, (laughs) right, the sax in this and the little piano tinkle halfway through that full piano. Like, this is, I mean, it's seven minutes long. It's perfect. Fuck it. You know, like, this is proper early rave, like, no fucking rules. No fucking around. Hooks up the yin yang. Like you say, pumped full of ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Fucking class.
1: Six in the <laughs> six in the morning, you know, T-shirt off. You're at, I don't know, Cafe Del Mar. You know, the sun's just coming up on the Balearic Isles. Mm. Um, having, the, having literally the best time. Yeah, that, that saxophone hook, it takes me back every time.
2: Every, every
1: time. Even back to the 90s. It's 1990 time for Guru. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> for me, this is like, this is classic kind of euphoric acid house. This isn't so much rave really. This is, this is acid mm. house through and through. But, it's a timeless snapshot of like, you know, the vibes and the production of that era. And, it's just, it's just so, just, there's something so kind of beautifully simple and you're a bad and I'm a sucker for a saxophone you know for a saxomophone break man oh, you, for know, sure. I, oh, you know um and I just think it's it, it, it's one that I think yeah like you said people people will remember this and there's I've just got I've got so many memories kind of attached and so I tried to pick like five songs that I've actually got kind of memories you know to go with and from reading like various kind of biographies of of um, you know d- DJs from the time there was a really good like Paul Oakenfold doc, um, autobiography that came out years and years ago now I like reading about like you know him going out to like Ibiza in like you know the mid eighties and stuff and having these kind of biblical moments in these clubs and wanted to bring that back to the UK and all these people like Oakenfold like Danny Rampling. And, and like Jazzy B and all these key people who were starting to set up these clubs in London and stuff. I'd love to have been there at that time. I'd love to have been there and, and experienced, you know, this kind of underground swell of, of, yes, of, what, before, of what, what
0: they were doing, you know. It, what, what you've got here is a kind of hit single from a thing that is about to become something else, but it's yeah. still ultimately like a cool weird underground thing which is utterly made as a kind of passion project and i think you get a little bit like you get four years down the line you get maybe some chances you get seven eight years down the line it's on radio one bbc radio one breakfast show every single day and they're talking about like oh we're you know we're we're broadcasting live from ibiza yeah and that that is you know and then you've got you know victoria beckham versus spiller for the chart and and, you know and (laughs) the 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 kind of the superstar dj has come in and kind of almost usurped to kind of the rock star yeah. and um, yeah. you know, the, the guitar musician. But before that, here, like you say, the kind of the birth the embryonic, and, uh, phase, the of embryonic it, yeah. st- phase of it all yeah. is really, really, in- is super interesting. And I think like, yeah, this is a really great snapshot, this song of, like it's an idea, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I think Fine Day is a really great song i don't think infinity is necessarily a great song but it's a great idea and it feels yeah. it, it still kind of crackles with excitement and i think it's really great you know i think it's i think it's really great i think like i i enjoyed all of these and i think i i don't know it you can't put the genie again like there's so many things that we say this about music you can't ever put the genie back in the bottle at this point can you no. I don't think you can ever do this again. We've kind of got to the point like, I mean, I've, I said it about Grime a few years ago and I, I would probably take back exactly what I said about Grime now where I was like, well, now Stormzy's won a Brit. Like, and he's singing with a gospel choir, like, yeah. where the fuck do you go now? Mm-hmm. You're fucked. Yeah. You know, when, um, you know, punk rock becomes, gets to number one in the Clash are Playing, Shea Stadium with The Who, well then what? And I guess you kind of, you find out, you know, when Nirvana gets to number one, and, and then Kurt dies like where, where can you go from here and all of these scenes have those moments where they're just so fantastically exciting and they're not really concerned with the way that the music industry works in its kind of mm. its normal way and eventually bit by bit it kind of gets chipped away at and it gets a bit kind of like you know what I mean and that doesn't necessarily mean that good songs don't come out of that but it just means that There's just a different feeling to some of this, and I think like Infinity has got, yeah, it just kind of crackles with a different sort of energy to probably to any of the other things that you brought. No, it does.
1: It's got real innocence of youth to it. I think. Well, just innocence, innocence, full stop. I think everything, everything was going to change in dance music literally a year after that. A year after. Uh, Infinity comes out. You didn't get records, dance records like Infinity, and en- anymore. It got a lot darker.
0: Mm. Very, very, yeah, faster, very,
1: very quickly,
0: and and more kind of, um, you yeah. know, yeah, that that kind of like cartoon rave came, yeah, came in, didn't it? I mean, I mean, and, I, mean uh, I mean, I mean, if
1: you if you want a much more kind of detailed kind of view of this, like years ago, there was this amazing like five part documentary on Channel Four some genius who I'd love to buy a beer for if I ever met him in real life has put the whole thing as like one long like five hour YouTube video it's called Pump Up oh, wow. The Volume The History of Dance Music put it in the YouTube search bar and just what it's fucking amazing it goes from like the mid 70s with these guys you know in like little underground gay clubs in detroit and Mm. stuff up to the turn of the century with the superstar dj with you know pull oak and fold your fat boy slim and people like that it's an amazing it's so fucking detailed it goes through every kind of offshoot of dance music it's well worth a watch
0: well worth a watch. oh mate i'm gonna get right on that Mm. i'm gonna get on that now nice and we're gonna go so thanks very much uh, good picks Gaz I'll do mine one day Cheers. Mate. get back on this and I'll, I'll do mine I've got some different ones that I would pick but we'll talk about that another time um rave ah oh, what a what a time what a time to have been alive I was alive but I wasn't old enough to really <laughs> no, appreciate it no, uh, no. which is the, this is the tragedy I guess really um anyway we'll be back next week we got stuff to be talking about I'm going to see the weekend again so I'll be talking about that uh, I'm gonna see earn again I'll probably talk about that I'm going to see clipping next week as well with Conjurer so I'll be talking Ooh. about that and I'm sure we'll have some albums that we can talk about too so um, look forward to that go to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop Kiltich engage Gage special coming this week that'll be nice too yeah um, we'll see you there cheers
1: love you bye